Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Lavernia Sermon Podcast. If you have any questions about what you hear, or if you would like to speak with one of our pastors, you can find all of our contact information at www.fbclv.com. Ooh, good morning! Now, I know some of y'all are freezing to death, but us chubby people think this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the church picnic. Usually by now, I'd be half-sweated down going, oh, man, when am I going to go back inside? I'm thankful for the cool weather. We're thankful that you made it out to our church picnic today. We're going to talk about something that maybe is super close to your heart. I know that it's super close to mine. There's some things in life that we would say are much easier said than they are done. How many of you have said, okay, listen, tomorrow, Monday morning, no more bad food. I'm not having no sugar, no bad carbohydrates, nothing but fish, chicken, kale, and broccoli for the rest of my life. It's easier said than done. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. I'm going to spend two extra hours with the Lord. Well, it sounds great, but it's easier said than done. Tomorrow I'm going to run three miles and then spend two hours lifting weights. Easier said than done. I'm going to forgive that person who hurt me so long ago. That's easier said than done. Today we begin a brand new series called Acceptable Sins. And I think that we have a problem and an issue in that many times we rank sin. And we would say there are certain sins that are really bad. We should totally avoid those and we know that. But there's other sins that aren't really as bad. And those are probably okay with God. And the truth is that all sin is a hindrance to our relationship with the Lord. So for the next six weeks, we're going to look at some of these sins that we often say, ah, I don't really know that that's all that bad. If you have your Bibles or your phones this morning, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at just two verses very quickly and briefly. We're going to see three points this morning, three things that we must do to overcome and eliminate the sin of worry and anxiety. I know that's much easier said than it is done. Here's our first step. You have got to stop worrying. I found a list this week of the top 10 things that people worry about in their lives. See if any of these resonate with you. Number 10, death and dying. Number nine, sleep problems. You probably have sleep problems because you're worrying. Number eight, COVID or pandemic. Number seven, world events or politics. Number six, your appearance or your weight issues. Number five, anxiety or depression. Only a person who struggles with anxiety and worry knows what it's like to worry and have anxiety about your worry and your anxiety. Number four, relationship problems. Number three, job or career worries. Number two, health and safety of your loved ones. Number one, anybody want to guess? Money, 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 money and financial problems. I don't know what you're worried about today. I don't know what your greatest anxiety is, but I know that in Philippians chapter four, 
We hear the great verses of Paul saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He tells us to rejoice always. Don't let your happiness be determined by your circumstances. He says, stand firm in your faith. He says, let your reasonable be known to all, which means that you're not just in a good mood and joyful because it's 67 and sunshine, not just because you got some rain this week or your football team's going to win the big game, but because you know that Jesus has saved your soul. That is unchanging. Philippians chapter 4 will be in verses 5 and 6. They will begin in 5. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Notice what he says here first. Before, do not be anxious. He doesn't say you don't have to be worried because everything is fine and life is easy. He doesn't say you don't have to be anxious because Papa Paul is here and he will fix it. He will provide for you. He will make all things right. He doesn't say you do not have to be worried because nothing bad is going to happen to you in this life. All kinds of bad stuff happened to Paul in his life. But instead he says, don't be anxious because the preference, the Lord is at hand. That means that there's nothing we have to worry about in this life that will ever happen to us because if God is with us, then he knows about it and it first had to pass through his hands. And if the God allows it to happen, then he has a reason for it, and we have to trust him. And I think we all agree to that. We know that God is with us. We know that God is for us. We know he's on our side. But if that is the truth, and we know God is with us, then why do we still have worry? Why do we still have anxiety? Because the definition and the reason for anxiety is a lack of trust or faith in the Lord. Some would say worry is one of the greatest sins that we have in our lives because we often think that it's totally okay and it's not that bad. And it's absolutely unscriptural. And some would say, well, maybe it's not unscriptural. Maybe Paul just wrote about it. And maybe Paul said we shouldn't be worried because Paul wasn't a worrier. Maybe he had the best anti-anxiety medicine in the world. Maybe he was really good at yoga and meditation. He could release all his frustrations. And so maybe this was just Paul talking about anxiety. But is it somewhere else in Scripture? And, of course, it's all throughout Scripture. And Jesus himself says, Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Is worry a sin? Yes, but it's not just a sin. Worry is also foolish. Because over 90% of the things that we worry about are not even relevant or will never happen. Listen to these statistics. 40% of the things that we worry about never happen. 30% are in the past and they can't be changed. 12% are criticism from others and they're mostly untrue. 10% is about health, which gets worse when you worry and you stress. 
8% of what you worry about may be a real problem that is faced. I heard a story years ago that for 20 years a couple had been married and every night the wife had trouble going to bed because she was terrified that someone was going to break into their home and rob them. 20 years every night. Finally, after 20 years, the husband heard something downstairs. So he went downstairs, and sure enough, there was a burglar wearing all black, had a ski mask and everything. And the husband goes, I am so glad to meet you. Would you please come upstairs? My wife's been waiting 20 years to meet you. 20 years she's been waiting, and it never happened. And how many of things do you worry and are you anxious about that never come to fruition? We often don't stop to think about that. To say stop worrying, it sounds really easy, but it's very difficult to do. And if you say, if I can't worry anymore, you don't realize how much time I spend worrying. What else am I supposed to do with that time? Because I worry about the doctor report. I worry about the situation at work. I worry about that person I sent a text message to, and they haven't answered me back yet, which means they're mad or I upset them. So I have all these things to worry about. What should I do instead? Number two. You got to stop worrying and you got to start praying. There was a church who had been looking for a pastor for some time. The search team just didn't know what else to do because it seemed like every pastor who submitted a resume or an application, there was something that didn't feel right, something off. They just didn't have a piece. And so finally, one of the church members brought a resume. It was the last resume they had gotten. And he says, what do you think about this person here? Would they be a good pastor for us? And they said, well, read us his resume, his application, and let's see what it says. I've been a preacher with much success and a good writer. Some say I'm a good organizer. I've been a leader in all the places I've gone. I'm about 60 years old. I've never preached in one location for more than three years. I left town one time because my ministry caused riots and disturbances. I've been in jail three or four times, but not because of any real wrongdoing. My health isn't so good, but I still get the job done. I've <laughs> preached in small churches located in big cities. I've not gotten along with religious leaders where I've preached. Some have threatened to attack me physically. I'm not too good at keeping records. I often forget who I've baptized, but if you can use me, I'll do my best. And the search team was looking at him going, why exactly do you think this is a good candidate? Because all that we're hearing is that you want us to hire an unhealthy, troublemaking, absent-minded jailbird to be our next pastor. Who exactly is this person that they would even apply? And he says, what's well, signed here at the bottom, the Apostle Paul. So many of the times the things that we worry about are a struggle because we only see in part. So when they read this resume, they could only see a little part, and yet Paul's the one who God choose, chose to help plant the church and establish it in the world. So when we only see in part, we worry and we have anxiety, but God sees in whole. So we have to talk to him. Verse 6, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. There's a lot of church answers that we give, and so if somebody's worried or they're upset, they're anxious about something, it's easy to say, well, you just need to pray. You just need to go and you need to pray about that, and it's true in itself. But Paul doesn't say, well, listen, don't worry, just pray. He gives three specific things here. First, he says, you pray in a relationship with God, knowing him so well that you can hear his voice. 
you pray with supplication, earnestly laying everything out before him that you're seeking, that you know, that you need to know, that you're feeling, because there is no secret with God anyway. He already knows what's in your heart. And you pray with supplication and with thanksgiving, giving him adoration, remembering who you are and who he is and that he is your loving father. And then something magical happens when instead of being worried, we choose to pray. When instead of wringing our hands, we choose to fold our hands. Instead of worrying about what could be, we praise God for who we know he is. Instead of getting lost in our dark thoughts, we make our request to God and we trust him for what is to come next. This sounds like such a simple thing to be able to do, but it's much easier said than done. When you start to worry, when you become anxious, talk to God. Share your heart. Let him comfort you. Remember that you can trust him. Present your requests and your concerns. Give him praise for all that you have and be thankful and then move on. Preacher, that sounds so easy. But here's what happens. When we stop worrying, when we start praying, step number three, we will sustain peace. Verse seven. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of the world, negatory, and the peace of Netflix, which distracts you? No. And the peace of chocolate cake? No, that's not it either. The peace of God, which transcends the same peace that Moses experienced as God led him to lead the Israelites into the wilderness. The same peace that David felt as he was just a young man and an itty-bitty fighting a giant warrior. The same peace that Daniel experienced. And I joke and I laugh about it and I tell people all the time, you know, my two spiritual gifts are sweating and worrying. I'm great at both of those things. And yet in the same way that Paul says that I am the chief of sinners, I can admit to you and I can confess that I am the chief of warriors. But it's not okay. It's not okay to be filled with worry, and it's not okay to be filled with anxiety because that shows the world that we don't trust the Lord. And I don't want my testimony to be that I have any lack of faith or trust in him. So we, so I, have to stop worrying because that's what we, because the Lord is with us. We have to stop worrying because he is all that we need. We have to start praying and being intentional, knowing that the moment our nerves begin and we get that sickness or that overwhelmed feeling in our stomach, we pray with supplication and adoration. And when we do, we will sustain peace, a peace that passes all understanding. I'm gonna ask Brother Benji to help me for a minute and so most keyboards, pianos, they have a pedal. And so I'm going to ask him to play a note for you without using that pedal so you can hear what it sounds like. Go ahead, give him three or four of them. And now play him again and use the pedal. And 
So if you don't know, that pedal is called the sustain. And it holds the note out to where it will continue. And so today I pray and I ask and I cry from my heart that if you are tired of having momentary peace that expires as quickly as a note, but you want to have a peace that is sustained and that doesn't go away, stop worrying. Start praying. And then God's peace will sustain you and it will never end. Don't make excuses for your worry. It is a sin that is unacceptable. Lord, this is what we pray today. In this place, surely there are people who are absolutely overwhelmed with sin. God, and that sin causes them anxiety and it causes them worry. I pray today they would find forgiveness only through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, those who are overwhelmed and anxious about what may come, what has happened, Lord, about things that they can and they cannot control, your word is clear that it is sinful for us to be a worried people. Because if we trust you, if we believe in you, if we follow you, you're a good father we have nothing to worry about. So help us to put our faith into practice and stop worrying, starting right here with me. God, I pray today you reveal the worries of our heart and you help us to hand them over. That you help people who are here to experience a peace like they've never experienced before, knowing that peace can be sustained, but not through worry and not through anxiety. Let we pray all this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.